Hello, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations, a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I'm Laura Carfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. My friends, and welcome to 2024. Oh my God, it's a new year. I am so excited. And thank you for joining us on today's podcast episode where we are speaking with Nina Prohl, Bev Breen, and Marie McGuire. We are going to talk about probably the number one question we get at survivingbreastcancer.org is I've just been diagnosed with cancer. I am totally freaking out, as you know, we all are. And there's a million questions swarming in my head, but I have to know when can I start exercising again? I think this question comes not from a place of needing to exercise or trying to work out, but regaining some sense of normalcy. What are the activities I currently like to do? And then, yes, I got this cancer diagnosis that is incredibly disruptive and throwing my life upside down, of course. But when can I get back to normal? And when can I start participating in these activities that make me feel good? So today I am super excited because we are talking with three amazing women who are going to share a little bit about how they got into the world of Pilates, exercise, and then Marie McGuire is here joining us. She is part of our survivingbreastcancer.org community and has participated in a number of programs that we provide virtually to anyone looking for movement classes, art therapy classes, expressive writing, support groups, qigong, I mean, you name it. But she is here today to talk not only about her own personal experience being diagnosed with breast cancer, but how she fell in love with Pilates and specifically Nina's class. If you're looking to connect with us through any of our free programs and events, please hop on over to survivingbreastcancer.org forward slash events, and there you will see a calendar of all of our programs and services that are available to you week over week. So let's dive right in. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations. I am so excited for today's conversation, um, not only because it's one of our guests' birthdays, but because we are talking about a topic such as Pilates, yoga, movement, and exercise as it relates to a cancer diagnosis, and in this context, specifically a breast cancer diagnosis. This is probably the number one question we receive day in and day out is, oh my gosh, I'm going into surgery. When can I exercise? When will I get my mobility back? I'm going on to chemo drugs. I am taking all sorts of steroids. I'm gaining weight. How can I be healthy when I'm going through all of this active treatment or long-term treatment if you're living with metastatic disease? And what are what's safe to do? What, what can my body actually do? And then as you are going through a breast cancer diagnosis as well, your body does change. We're going through something that is quite challenging as we think about our our womanhood, as we think about our identity and changes to body and shape and things that, you know, when you look in the mirror, may be also very triggering. And I think exercise plays such an important role in not just our mental health, but our physical well-being as well. And in some studies, we've actually seen that, you know, exercise can actually benefit the efficacy of the treatments that we're on as well. So it is such a hot topic. I am so excited to be joined with Nina and Bev and Marie, who are here to talk about their their journey, not only with a breast cancer diagnosis, but participating in Nina's Pilates classes that we offer at survivingbreastcancer.org. So like, I kind of feel like this is going to be a party today. I'm so glad you guys are here. 
such great content to dive into. So let's do a quick round of introductions and then we can go into some of the uh, the deeper questions. But Nina, why don't you kick us off as it is your birthday? Sure. Good morning. Good afternoon, ladies. My name is Nina Prohl. I'm a registered nurse. I've been working with adult medical oncology patients for about 30 years. Currently, I work with primary and metastatic cancer and radiation oncology. And my other passion is Pilates, which I found a few years ago, um, just kind of a a different story. I was volunteering for my kids' cotillion, which... Mm. To those of you that are here that don't grow up in the South, Cotillion is a manners etiquette dance program that typically is done in middle school and kids get to brush up on all those types of things. And the dance instructor was probably mid-60s and had this tight-fitting, gorgeous Jackie O dress on and being a nurse, I'm always very curious um, how people keep their vitality and their, mm. you know, strength. And I'm always interviewing older people, finding out their secrets to enjoy life better. And she told me, Pilates, would you like to come with me to a class? So I joined her and then I just fell in love with it. Amazing. So and the rest is history. Nurse and Pilates <laughs> connection. And then I, I was lucky enough to take a break from nursing for a year and um, well, I was doing telehealth, but I, I went through my 600 hour body certification program. Wonderful. Yeah, and where in the South are you um, joining us today? I'm sorry. Can, can you say that again? Yes. Where exactly are you calling in from? Where in the South? Oh, are you? we're joining you from Alpharetta, Georgia. Awesome. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Great. Bev, what about you? If you'd like to spend a moment to introduce yourself. Sure. Um, I am Beverly Breen. I'm an executive assistant um, for IDEX, which makes veterinarian equipment. Um, We help uh, animals and veterinarians to be able to do uh, their lab stuff in the back of their offices. Um, So I take care of basically the whole site. And I went through breast cancer in 2021. And met Nina at my, um, it was a radiation, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's radiation oncology. Yes. And Clinic. we just hit it off and in the, um, at my appointment. And she asked if I like Pilates. And I'm like, I've only done a little bit of it. I've done some yoga, but I would love to try. So that was three years ago. Yes. And um, I actually was able to bring her into my office and get oh, others nice. to join um, which has been fabulous for all of us and people love it. And it's, it's helped me just, it, it's a chance to take step aside and get some peace, take the time to make myself feel better. And, uh, I really enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah. Finding that, um, me time, I think is really precious. And I do have to ask, so, you know, you're going into radiation. It's probably one of those things you're like Monday through Friday, every day getting radiation. And in my experience, I had five weeks of it and, you know, it accumulates, right? So you get fatigued, you get tired through all of this. Were you thinking about Pilates or exercise or movement at all during that process? Or did it just kind of like, how did you, like, how did the conversation happen? 
You know, I was thinking you were going to say that. And I'm not quite sure because it was three years ago, but I always do try to talk to my patients about balance and stress mm -hmm. tools. I actually often have them do a three-minute meditation to lower their blood pressure if I can tell that they're nervous and they need a little calm. I'm not sure what the exact conversation was, but we were talking about exercise and I, I do not self-promote myself <laughs> my patients because that wouldn't be professional. But we were just talking about exercise and stress reduction. And then when Beth told me she loved Pilates, I almost jumped out of my chair. <laughs> the stars were aligned. Um, yes. I was having local classes in the city we both live in. And I, I teach sometimes in parks or poolside or do mommy and me classes i do all different level classes so i, I think it was just a random conversation yeah. i well i work out i mean i i it's just a part of me is um walking a couple times a week um, we have a gym in our garage and it's just been my life since i was you know just graduated from high school i've worked out on a regular basis it's something that such i a good have better yes that's a good habit Thank you. And Marie, thank you so much for joining us today. You are um, not new to SBC, so it's great to actually have you here on the podcast. So thank you. This is like your debut as well. Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm relatively new to Nina's classes, but not new to regular exercise. Um, my oncologist was very pro-exercise and made a point of stressing do something. She, mm. she said, I'm not concerned what it is you do, but make sure you're moving and exercising. And, and I find it so helpful with the lymphedema. Um, yes. So yoga and qi, uh, qigong or qigong, which I just learned recently is another version of how it's pronounced. And uh, through SBC, there have been these great classes um, that I've been able to participate with, along with some of my hospital um, available classes. Fantastic. So yeah, Nina's class just has a very nice, welcoming atmosphere, and she puts you at ease. I felt very comfortable right away, and just encouraging too. Like mm -hmm. wherever, whatever level you are on, you if you need to modify it. Oh, there didn't seem to be any judgment, like your arms had to be in a certain place. There wasn't any of that, which I've experienced in some other classes, mm. which I was very surprised at. You know, especially after explaining I have lymphedema and I will need to modify my arm movements. And they're like, okay, so Marie, you don't have your arms in the right place. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't. Right. But then I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't go back to that class. Right. It, it, but movement makes such a difference. I mean, I can honestly say when my body's feeling tight and stressed, I will go through just whatever I know to just, and mm -hmm. it makes, takes the pain down. It just takes, reduces the stress. It is, it is truly very important. 
And we learned some very important exercises from William, who's not here today. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, had I known, very I could. Important stretches. <laughs> yes, yes. So my husband actually is also a guru in terms of stretching, but I do have to say he is watching the uh, football games going on right now. So I can't necessarily grab him, but um, that, you know, you bring up a lot of great points to where there's exercise through potentially your local cancer centers or your local hospital. But again, depending on where in the world you are, not every hospital has the resources and facilities to be able to offer those types of classes. And so I think one of the benefits we offer at survivingbreastcancer.org is that all of our programs are 100% free and virtual. So really, as long as you have an internet connection, you can participate. And so I think it's really trying to break down those barriers to reach more people because we know exercise is just such a, crit a critical part of one's health journey, cancer or not cancer. The other thing that I love is that, you know, when you're participating in some of these classes, right, you know, other people on the screen have been diagnosed, but it's not like that sense of a support group where you're showing up and you're talking about your breast cancer or something that you've gone through. You're really here to, you know, have that other sense of community and self where, Yes, okay, we know breast cancer is just one part of our story, but there's so many other wellness benefits that we can get from moving, like you mentioned, reducing fatigue, stress, uh, recovering, um, and getting your mobility back, stability, et cetera. So Nina, as the expert here who's gone through all of the Pilates trainings, I have done Pilates maybe three times, like less than five. I can definitely count on my hand less than five times. So I am by no means an expert, but I have done a couple exercises either on the mat or at one of the Pilates studios where they use like the reformer machine as well. Okay. And I actually, this will be a fun question because I would love for you to convert me, right? So I've gone a couple of times, but I can't keep finding myself to get back there. And so I would just love to hear from you as someone who's gone through the training, the benefits of Pilates, what inspires you about the, the techniques and passing it forward to your clients that you work with. Well, Pilates was developed during after World War One by Joseph Pilates, and he actually developed the reformer machine from a patient's hospital bed and he added all the springs mm. and he was an anatomy model when he was like 12 years old he was like you know Jacqueline of his time you know I guess almost 100 years ago and the goal it used to be called contrology actually mm. but the the goal of Pilates is to help you with your spine your posture your core to like the Pilates secret is it helps you with the things we all love to do. It helps you be stronger to lift a chubby toddler, to move around your couch, to mm. be able to carry, you know, heavy packages. It makes us stronger for activities of daily living, you know, to keep your spine that there's a Pilates saying you're only as young as your spine is flexible. Your spine mm -hmm. flexibility helps with the movement and the yes. range of motion. Yeah, helps with it helps with everything we love to do. Like as we age and mm -hmm. you know, enjoying our life to our fullest. You know, it helps with your tennis stroke, with jogging, with with other sports too. I mean, 
Tom Brady does Pilates to, you know, help with football and football dance. And (laughs) there's just so many pieces of it. And it gets a little confusing because some studios that say we teach Pilates are actually entrepreneurs that do other things. It's not always Pilates, but it's also, you know, we, our goal, my goal when I work with clients is I always say, let's get stronger than yesterday. So if we're, mm-hmm. if whatever we're doing that we enjoy is fantastic, you know, whether it's swimming, walking, tennis, you know, some, something that allows us to keep moving and to get stronger. Absolutely. So, I don't did that. Did that kind of make sense? <laughs> it's so important. It's like one of those things, and maybe some of my listeners can relate because obviously I'm talking to the choir here. Both Bev and Marie, you're doing Pilates. I'm the one who's not, and I'm sure there might be some listeners who don't do it either. So we can convert them as well. But you know, some of the treatments that we're on as people who have been diagnosed with breast cancer, right? Whether you're on chemotherapy or on aromatase inhibitors or tamoxifen, bone health is one of those things that come up all of the time and that we need to continue to protect our bones because a lot of the medications that we're on actually weaken our bones. And so, you know, something like Pilates where you're using some of that resistance and the springs to be able to build that level of strength, I think is critical to counteract the toxicities that we're receiving from our treatments. Bev, or Marie, do either of you have experience? We, I, I know that you guys both share that you've been diagnosed with breast cancer, but we didn't actually go into the the details of the type of cancer that you had. Um, were you ER positive or triple negative? What were some of your your characteristics? Marie, do you want to start? Sure, I'll go first. Um, I was diagnosed in 2015 with invasive Wilblair. Let me see. Um, what else am I supposed to say about that? Did you have um, a lumpectomy or a mastectomy? Oh, no, I had a double mastectomy. I'm a third generation. So in the discussion with my surgeon, we came to the conclusion because of my family history and the type of cancer it was, um, it was considered triple negative. Okay. So... We did a double mastectomy. Well, she did a double mastectomy. And um, unfortunately, I developed uh, significant cording Mm. immediately. Like when I woke up from surgery, I couldn't lift my arm. Maybe two or three inches. So that's a really good point I want to dive into just in case our listeners aren't familiar with what cording is. You know, I think sometimes we get thrown into this breast cancer world and then immediately we're bombarded with new vocabulary, new terminology, things that I had to like look up on myself. So to understand the cording, right? When you wake up from surgery, depending on how much tissue they're taking or if they're removing your sentinel lymph node or doing a full auxiliary node dissection underneath your armpit, you might wake up and as you're experiencing, Marie, not being able to lift your hand and you were saying just a couple inches, some people it's shoulder height, some people, you know, to be able to bring your hand all the way up to the top of your head is, you know, a four week process. And so can you explain to me visually, like what, what cording was and how you know that you were experiencing it? Well, it was explained to me that I, I did have cording. Uh, could feel it. It actually feels like a cord in your mm-hmm. arm. Mine went 
from um, near my wrist all the way up to under my arm. Yes. And um, so I had several exercises to do to develop range of motion while I was in um, lymphedema physical therapy, where she was stretching the cord as well as dealing with um, the lymphedema that was becoming apparent. Yes. Even though I had, before surgery, I had preventive lymphedema physical therapy. So I was doing a number of exercises. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and that's just the way it it went for me. Um, That doesn't happen to everyone. Mm -hmm. No, I don't want want people who are listening to think, oh my gosh, if I have a double mastectomy and I'm triple negative, this is, it's odd how it, it works out. Sometimes someone has five lymph nodes removed and has lymphedema and some people have 20 and they don't develop lymphedema. It just is such an individual. Um, but my mom developed lymphedema. And mm. I remember it being, of course, we're talking many, many years ago, very significant. And she mm-hmm. didn't have the physical therapy. She did have a sleeve. Uh, but the care and the treatment was really minimal compared to what we do today. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Super helpful to understand. Bev, would you like to share a little bit more about your breast cancer and the characteristics that it it had and the type of surgery you underwent? Sure. Um, I found out in December of 2020 uh, after, um, I guess, a mammogram that they had found something deep, deep into the tissue that was uh, um, not, and we went through all the tests and it was cancerous. My mother had um, breast cancer three times. Mm. And so uh, they decided to do, I would, would did not test positive for the gene. So that's why I decided just to have the right side, um, my secondary, and they took out nine lymph nodes. Oh. Um, I still am taking the meds. Um, and it's because it was estrogen driven. So I have a hormone blocker and um, I've always had range of motion and, and been very stretchy. So been lifting my arms over my head, it, I, I do have tightness on my armpit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I um, hang on one second. I lost my train of thought. Okay. So I, um, I got the mysectomy and um it's it was not exactly what I thought it was going to be. It's very tight, and um, you know, it does. It is painful sometimes with how tight it is. Um, but I'm still taking the meds, and I. It does make your um, the meds make your bones ache, and they yes. make um, they make you feel bad. I've Which one are you on? Of- That's you're uh, about to say. I don't remember. I, I know it's Strizol. It starts with a P or an S. So it, I was on estrogen, and that one um, made me so achy that I finally mm-hmm. went back to my doctor and said, I can't take it. Hot flashes are horrible. And I, um, as soon as I went off of it, my body feels so much better. They found mm-hmm. a different method for me to take. And 
no side effects. I'm still having hot flashes, <laughs> but um, I have three more years on meds and okay. it's working out. Excellent. Do they prescribe it for five years or 10 years or somewhere in between? Five years. Five years. Excellent. I'm ha- heading down to the... I'm sorry. Sorry. My, just... radiation was, my radiation was only five weeks. I think the same as you, but every day. Yeah. And that can also create more tightness also on the skin, right? After you've had your surgery to go through the radiation. And my radiation oncologist was telling me too, like even within a year to really allow your body that time to heal after radiation before you even consider, you know, making changes to any of like the surgery or plastic surgery options that you were considering, et cetera, because your body can still continue to, to change or get tight or shrink, et cetera. So it's, it's a process. Thank you for sharing that. So dovetailing on that, I would love to ask Marie, so you were talking about being triple negative. You're not on any of these hormone blockers, given your type of cancer. How did you discover Pilates? Oh, I would just, um, through actually, initially through the hospital classes, they did offer um, a class that they refer to as gentle Pilates. Hmm virtual. So that was great. And that was my first experience other than dabbling a little bit on my own previously, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just finding classes when I was active, going to the Y or to planet fitness, things like that. I mean, centers of that type. Yeah. Yeah. So Nina, when you teach your Pilates class, you know, we can use SBC as an example, right? We don't have a reformer in our house or we don't expect reformers to be available in everyone's houses, right? So I'm assuming this is, you know, floor or mat type of instruction. Can you give us an example of what someone can experience um, when taking your class virtually? Yes, it is a mat class, first of all. Um, They can experience better sleep, Um, less anxiety, less depression, feeling stronger, perhaps doing a new pose that they didn't think they were able to do. And then I always start off the class teaching a gentle relaxation pose because Mm -hmm. I want them to have a good experience and have an option if something makes their body angry or it's not for them. So I I try to teach to the client's ability. Absolutely. And so what are some of these poses? I'm really curious. Well, um, that's, that's the other thing that's interesting for me because I, I know so much about what these women are going through and I don't know if someone's getting concurrent chemotherapy or if they had a lumpectomy a month ago or a year ago or really where they're at at all. So I try to make it relaxing and gentle and try to always teach people they can connect with their breath. That Mm -hmm. in times of joy, in times of stress, our breath is something that we can you know, living in the present and whatever is going on with them, that it's a tool we can keep in our back pocket. I usually do a lot of arm opening things like bring arms out to a T because if you're doing that and you're standing and your belly's in and you're like, or rolling your, you know, 
rolling your arms back. You know, you're working on your scapula, you're working on your posture, and almost everybody can do that. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was more. Oh, oh, I think we lost some sound. We'll give the option of just trying to like stay in the video, but grabbing a chair for balance. Okay. And there's things we can, you could do leg lifts or circles standing. But the other beauty for me of a Mount Pilates class, I do love all the different machines and tools a classical Pilates class has. The mat is so wonderful because you can teach a client to their level and they can learn 10 things that they can do whenever they want. They can bring that mat to the beach. They can bring it to their living room. They could bring it to a hotel room. They can develop a routine that they can do, you know, while their pasta is boiling, while their coffee is, you know, brewing. There's, there's little small things that we can do all the time. Like maybe you don't have an hour to work out that day, but you know, you can do some planks, you can do some balance work. Like there's, there's just small things you can even do standing in line at the grocery store. Mm. Like I do Pilates kind of all day, you know, there's a cute one. I tell people at work, if you're in a boring business meeting, you can sit in your chair, roll your shoulder blades back, keep your belly in, you can lift your feet up and you can just kind of do some like lifts under the table. I'm doing that right <laughs> there's, now. I there's that. so many, so many things, yeah. you know, and there's different levels to beginner level, intermediate, advanced. There's like hundreds of exercises. But what I did want to add, the beauty of why it's so good for cancer patients is because it's low impact. Mm. Just like swimming is low impact. Mm. And Minimal equipment, you have a yoga mat, you're barefoot, and you know, you're you're working against your own body strength to get stronger at whatever level you are, which is very cool. So accessible for people. Yes. 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 I want to add to that. Um, she always brings into her classes though, it helps you mentally. So she is like, you know, get rid of the stress of the day and Let's be mindful of what we're doing. I, I really love the the fact that I take a break and she really not only just helps you relax and get stronger, but she talks about the mental um, relaxation and push everything out of your mind and let's focus. It's just so helpful to take that moment um, yeah. to do that. Well, and I can see just, you know, all four of us on the call today, just, you know, how life can just take us away. Like we're thinking about what to cook for dinner, what agenda items do we have to take care of for work tomorrow? Who's doing the grocery shopping? Like it's just constant. And so to be able to take that time to quiet your mind and quiet those thoughts, I think is so rejuvenating and we need those reminders. I also like, Nina, what you were mentioning about the importance of breath work and breathing. It is a free tool that we all have in our back pocket. And I have to say for the longest time, I was like, oh, I breathe. You don't even think about it, right? You, you, you inhale, you exhale. And, you know, it just happens so naturally. But are we actually really filling up our full lung capacity? Are we actually, you know, exhaling consciously and uh, with intention as well? And so once you start shifting your mindset a little bit, it is unbelievable how it can 
take you from, you know, if you're super stressed at like on a scale of nine to 10, if you're at like a 15, you know, cause you're going into treatment or you're waiting for results or you know, the waiting period is always the worst, et cetera. How can you focus on the present and be in tune with, you know, a smell, an image, uh, your breath counting, et cetera, such great tools. And I encourage anyone who's, you know, like me, who at first was like, oh, I'm not so sure. I breathe all the time. I'm fine to actually then be really intentional about your breath work, how transformative that can be. We all need to encourage each other. You know, the little pay it forward thing that so much easier to spread kindness than negativity when, you know, when we all get scared, different things going on in our life. I remember the, I just went to a pediatric cure event and the speaker started with the phrase, the um, the life-changing events that are like writing, you know, writing it in the sand of time. Like mm-hmm. we've all had those, those situations. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So many good techniques and things to remember, especially as we're going through something that we feel like we can't control, but what are the items that are in our capacity? Yes. We we still have, we still have the control of who you care to socialize with. What kind of food you're eating? Are we doing some stress, you know, meditation? Are we walking? Are we, if we're getting chemotherapy, maybe we need to get out of the house, but perhaps we go to Starbucks at two 30 when no one's there, like we mm-hmm. still, we make good decisions, you know, yes. that kind of thing. Excellent. Well, this has been so helpful to kind of take a deep dive, not just an exercise, but specifically the benefits of Pilates. And then to hear from you, Bev and Marie, not only about your breast cancer story, but how you got into Pilates and continue to practice this type of movement and, you know, even going through your, your treatments. So I think that's very inspiring. Is there any last minute, or I shouldn't say last minute, is there any last remarks or comments that you guys would like to share that I haven't asked or that you would like our listeners and viewers to know? Well, one thing that I would like to share, which I think is super important, please listen to your provider. Mm. Because I do also work with metastatic cancer. And it's so important to listen to your provider. If they say you need hormone therapy, please stay on your hormone therapy. If you have side effects, if you're getting a chemotherapy and your peripheral neuropathy or ringing in your ears, tell your provider they can do dose modifications. Yes. You have to communicate with your provider what's going on so they can help you. And so that's so great. And it sounds like, you know, how Bev, you and Nina just clicked right away when you guys met in the radiation oncology uh, department, but that, that relationship with your providers, I think is also critical, right? And so sometimes I have to remind myself, yes, they're my oncologist or my provider, but they're also a human being as well. And I have no idea what type of day they are having when they walk through that door to talk to me as well. And so I just commend all of our medical professionals with all of the things that they carry on their shoulders day after day, seeing us as cancer patients. And so I appreciate that, Nina. And then just one little more thing, because I think this is super important. 
There is an organization called NCCN Guidelines, National Comprehensive Cancer Network. It's available online for medical professionals. It's available for patients. So for someone who's newly diagnosed or has a friend, it's, it's for all different cancer protocols. You can look up your staging and mm. what the treatment protocols are. So these doctors aren't just saying, oh, you're a good candidate for this or that. They are practicing by NCCN guidelines, which is a worldwide site. And that's how they know what the best patient outcome will be for you from millions and millions of people who have the same situation. So I always like to explain that to my patients because then you can empower yourself. And, you know, if you, if you want to get on that site, it, it's a very yeah. good site to know about. So. That's really helpful. I can link to that in the show notes of our podcast. I think we link to it also on our website as well. Because we firmly sure. believe in reinventing the wheel. So like if the information is out there, we want our uh, patient advocates to feel empowered and get the information. We also have on our website for survivingbreastcancer.org, a list of questions to ask your doctor. So there's one tailored specifically for uh, questions to ask your surgeon, questions to ask your oncologist, and then one for questions to ask your radiologist, oncologist. So, you know, these are driven by, you know, patients, because again, if you haven't been diagnosed with cancer before, how are you supposed to know what to even ask? And so I think for those of us on the screen today who have kind of gone through this and had to do so much learning on the fly, we could really pass it forward and really help someone ask, you know, I wish someone told me this before, but I didn't even know what questions to ask. And so here's kind of your toolkit in layman's terms uh, to really help empower the patient. And That's then great. I wish I knew about it because I did not know the questions to ask at all. But the other thing is you're so nervous and you're so yeah. upset. I brought my husband with me and he's the one that asked the yes. important questions that I just was, you know, you're still so upset that you just don't know what to ask. And he at least helped me with asking those important questions. But I think if I had known about that website beforehand, yes. it would have been helpful. It's always a good idea to bring a notebook mm -hmm. because it, cancer care is a whole new language and yeah, it's, it's rough. Yeah, not be not be afraid to ask your doctor. And how do you spell that? How do you say that again? Because yes, it's definitely challenging. I'm actually gearing up tomorrow. I'm flying to San Antonio for the San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium. So I am going to be for a whole week listening to updates of various clinical trials and hopefully all the exciting new findings and outcomes around survivorship and survival rates and new new medicines that we can talk about on our podcast and in our blogs um, in 2024. So I'm, um, you know, I totally understand like, yeah, the guidelines are excellent because they give us that roadmap and then science and technology are really escalating, um, you know, where we are heading and to not be afraid even to ask your doctor, like, well, what clinical trials are out there too? Because, you know, we have the standard of care, but then we also have, you know, some other options that people are in the works testing. So that way we can hopefully get a cure so everyone else underneath um, after metastatic disease can benefit as well. So things we're super passionate about. Any, Marie or Bev, any other last thoughts or comments that you'd like to let our audience know? Well, I was just thinking about what you just said and it's so true because seven years ago, there was no targeted treatment after surgery for triple negative and now there's Keytruda. 
yes. proven to be very effective. I'm sorry, Nina. I say Keytruda is an amazing drug. There's like 700 clinical trials out for that drug for solid tumors. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I know it makes me feel old. I'm like, oh, I was diagnosed and this is what I was on. I'm like, oh, we don't do that anymore. So, (laughs) well, this has been such a fun conversation. I really appreciate all of you taking the time to talk to us about your personal experience and shed light on Pilates. So I think I'll have to give it another try. Maybe I'll make it up to five and I'll keep you posted on, on if I'm hooked or not. But I like this idea of like being in the office and like lifting my leg under the, uh, under the table or things that I could do. We did a um, podcast not too long ago on um, EFT, like the tapping to like reduce stress. And they were showing us these like different points, um, like pressure points or places that we could tap. And they're like, oh, you could just be in a meeting. And if the meeting is like really boring, you know, you could just yeah. in your head. I was like, this is fantastic. I will be very calm and chill for the next <laughs> eight hours of my busy day. So thank you all for taking the time, sharing your expertise and your stories. It is always so valuable. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening to our show. I would like to acknowledge that all of the information on our podcast are from personal experiences and are not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always contact your medical care team. If you're looking for specific topics or would like to be a guest on our show, please feel free to reach out to me. My email is laura at survivingbreastcancer.org. Until next time, keep on thriving.